Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Get all three of our ebooks with 150 life lessons for only $9.99 by visiting inspirationallifelessons.com. They also are available in paperback at Amazon and in hardcover. Learn more at inspirationallifelessons.com. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Young People's Problems by J.R. Miller, published in 1898. One of the finest things in a complete, well-rounded character is thoughtfulness. It gives a wondrous charm to your life. It makes you a benediction wherever you go. It tempers all your conduct, softening all natural harshness into gentleness, and giving to your every word and act, and to all your bearing, a spirit of kindliness. A thoughtful person does not have to be asked to help others. They help as it were instinctively. They are ever ready to do the obliging thing, to say the encouraging word to show an interest in the life of others, to perform those countless little kindnesses which so brighten the common pathway. The thoughtful person does not make their life an offense or irritation to others. They never meddle with other people's affairs, but respect the individuality and the rights of everyone. They curb their curiosity do not pry into matters of which they have no right to know. They are careful not to touch others at sensitive points. If anyone has a physical feature which is marred, they are careful in conversation never to refer to it, and seem never to notice it, or to be conscious of it. Thoughtfulness reveals itself quite as much in what it does not do is in the things it does. Many people make their very goodness so intrusive as to do harm, and thus give pain to those they would help. They are too anxious to be helpful. They intrude upon others, pressing their very offers of kindness upon them in ways which become, if not offensive and impertinent, at least burdensome. When their friends are in sorrow, they are sincerely eager to give comfort, but they fail to understand the sacredness of grief, or to respect the craving of sad hearts for quiet, and thus allow their eagerness to become irksome. There is no more delicate test of thoughtfulness than that which sorrow furnishes. Usually then love's sweetest and best service is rendered in the quietest expression of sympathy with no undue pressing of oneself into the presence of the friends who are in trouble, and with no over-eager offer to help. Therefore, unless from personal experience of grief you have been prepared for giving effective sympathy, you would better not seek to be a privileged comforter. Thoughtfulness has a wide field for its ministry in the family circle, in daily household life. Few people come by this grace naturally and are born with it. Usually it has to be learned. 
Most of us think first of ourselves in our own comfort and convenience, and are not apt to think of how our words, acts, and dispositions will affect others. We say what at the moment we feel like saying, not stopping to ask whether it will give pleasure or pain to those who must hear it. We like to say with some pride that we are plain, frank people, honest and outspoken, sincere though brusque, not realizing that our brusqueness and plainness oftentimes hurt gentle hearts. We do the thing we feel inclined to do, because it pleases us, not remembering that true love seeks not its own, but thinks first of the comfort and pleasure of others. Without being aware of it, many of us are miserably selfish in our life among others. We practically forget that there are any other people, or that we ought to make any sacrifices, or practice any self-denials, for their sake. When young, we often are blind to how our actions impact the lives of others. Thoughtfulness, however, seeks never to add to another's burdens, never to make extra work or care, but always to lighten loads. There is a lack of thoughtfulness also shown in our speech at home. Not always is the speech gentle. Sometimes it is sharp and bitter, even rude. Playfulness is of course okay, and in every family there should be a readiness to take a jest without being hurt by it. Oversensitiveness is indeed a serious fault. Some people are so touchy as to demand an excessive thoughtfulness, which causes a watchfulness in all our relations with these over-gentle souls that is unreasonable. That makes friendship with them a burden. Life is too short. It has too many real duties and cares for us to be held to such exacting attention and kindness as these good people would demand. Yet always in our relations with others, there should be that refined courtesy of the good-hearted soul. Rude words never should be spoken, even in jest. Thoughtfulness will seek always to say kindly words. Never words that will give pain, but ever those that will give pleasure. We have no right, for the sake of saying an honest thing, to let loose a shaft that will make a loving heart bleed. The poet Edward Roland Sill writes, These clumsy feet, still in the mire, go crushing blossoms without end. These hard well-meaning hands, we thrust among the heartstrings of a friend. The ill-timed truth we might have kept secret. Who knows how sharp it pierced and stung? The kindly word we did not say. Who knows how grandly it would have rung? So let us ask ourselves, are we thoughtful? In addition, let us remember that unless our religion has sweetened us to a very considerable extent, giving us the control of our temper, checking us in our moments of irritation and weakness, enabling us to meet misfortune and in a measure overcome it, 
developing within us the virtues of patience and long-suffering, making us tender and charitable in our judgments of others, and generally diffusing about us an atmosphere that is genial and winsome, whatever else we may have gained, one thing is sure, religion has not done its perfect work within us, and our life is but a gnarled and twisted apple tree that bears no fruit. In other words, a spiritual life without sweetness is a lamp without light, salt without savor. We all know in our own experience the value of sincere thoughtfulness. We do not like to come in contact with people who are thoughtless. We know well how it hurts and how unbeautiful it seems when we encounter thoughtlessness in another, and when our heart is the one that suffers from its harsh, rude impact. We all long for thoughtfulness. Our hearts hunger and thirst for it. It is bread and wine to us. Therefore, what we long for in others, in their relation to us, we should be ready to give to them. What in others hurts us, gives us pain, we ought to avoid in our contact with others. Thoughtfulness is one of the finest, ripest fruits of love and all who would like to live nobly must seek to learn this lesson and wear this grace. Thoughtfulness is of course intertwined with the words we speak. Talking is good if it be good talking. Very wonderful is the gift of speech, and the power of good words to do good is simply incalculable. But not all talking is good. There are words that are firebrands or daggers. We are responsible for using our tongue. An old proverb tells us that, while speech is silver, silence is golden. Of course, the saying isn't entirely true. There are times when silence is not golden, when it is in fact only a base alloy, and when duty can be done only by speaking. We have no right to keep gentle thoughts and feelings unexpressed when loved ones are starving for words of affection. We dare not close our lips when witnessing a great injustice. Nevertheless, it is oftentimes our duty to be silent. There are times when silence is indeed golden and when speech is only silver or even dross. It is a good thing to know when to speak and when not to speak. Some people talk altogether too much. They chatter on forever. Nothing ever awes them into silence. Now it is hard to keep quiet when others say bitter or false things to us or when we are suffering wrongfully. But silence is always better than words at such times. If we speak at all, when smarting under a sense of personal injury, we are almost sure to say words we would better not have said. Anger is a kind of insanity. To remain quiet is safer and better than ungoverned speech, which works havoc all about. One of the sad things about ill-timed words is that they cannot be taken back. Flowers fade, 
but there will be more blossoms. Snow melts, but it will snow again. You may weep over the unkind thing you said which so stung a friend's heart, and your friend may never speak of it to you, nor show in any way that they even remember it, but the word itself never can be recalled. So let us watch ourselves, let us gain a mastery over our own lives. The lesson of keeping silence can be learned, and we should never be content until we have learned to be quiet, not speaking even under the keenest provocation. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get your own private feed to our podcast with full transcripts delivered right to your smartphone by becoming our patron today. It costs less than a cup of coffee a month and will ensure the production of our podcast for years to come. Visit livinghour.org slash patron. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.